0: to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Vazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between, and I think betting lands right in that beautiful middle spot. I have Oh, shit. Ari Barad. Nailed it. Nailed it. Alright, Ari Barad. Good enough. Good enough. Oh, Sorry, man. I know we just did this like five seconds ago, but I'm not too surprised with myself. Uh, Chief Commercial Officer at the Action Network, previously with FanDuel for over the last three years. Ari, how you doing today, man? Doing great. How are you? It's a good day to be alive, man. It's a good good Monday. Made some money. Appreciate your help, or at least your team's help over there. So thank you for that. If it's you guys certainly on not already, my help, so I'm glad. Hey, uh, man, you're part of the crew. You're part of the family. You're doing something right. If you are not paying attention already, make sure to go check out the Action Network. They're doing some cool stuff. I actually wrote a book, got Chad Millman in it, so that is a really interesting chapter. Appreciate the hell out of Chad for that. But enough about him. We're here to talk about you, Ari. So the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: So I think when you stop to think about why I love sports so much, it's like unscripted, It's like the best unscripted movie you could come up with. Like you can't watch, like any movie you watch, you can see and say like, you kind of knew that was going to happen at the end. Whereas how often when you're watching sports, you're like, you can't make this stuff up. It is it's It's pure meritocracy. It's just someone's going to win unscripted. Who's it going to be?
0: I love it, and it's it's um yeah it's on. I always like um explaining it as like a uh an actual reality TV show, right? Like it's an actual reality TV show. We kind of know what's going to happen on the Kardashians. It's all like fake drama, anyway. We don't really know what's going to happen in the NBA Finals, right? I mean, obviously, everyone was rooting for Lakers Celtics because it's the two most iconic franchises. Blah 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 blah, but. I was rooting for Lakers Heat because I want to see the Heat. I'm a huge LeBron fan, but seeing the Heat with Jimmy Butler and a bunch of ragtag dudes go up against LeBron and take him down, Pat Riley, I mean, I can only imagine what that press conference is going to be like at the end. Like, I don't know, man. I think that part's way more interesting.
1: Yeah, and even if you know, or like, you know, and, and I think sports betting is good example of like the out outcomes, people have a very good idea what they might be. You have no clue how you're going to get there. What's going to happen with, yeah. That's, and sometimes uh, we really exciting. had no
0: idea, as we saw with the uh, LSU Mississippi State. We really had no idea that yep. Mississippi State uh, two touchdown, three almost three touchdown dog comes out on top with a win in LSU. I mean, it's I love it. I love betting. It's it's an absolute blast. But so talk to me a little bit. So you you were at Fanduel for a few years. You were there before really PASPA started. I mean, it started to trickle in. I'm here in New Jersey, so I've been paying attention a little bit longer than most people around the country. And we know Governor Christie, for a couple of the things he did wrong, he did one good thing that was really, really right. and I think this was it, and started to push this through to just get it, I guess, I don't even know how to deregulate, unregulatized. I don't know. You use the word. You're more the lawyer than I am. But he figured out a way to try and just try and make it less illegal. Is that a good way to say it? And I think New Jersey has come up with a pretty good idea. So you you tell me exactly what you guys saw especially when you were there at FanDuel uh, a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, so so you know, most people, I mean, you probably understand what I think most people don't. People were like, "Oh, you know, sports betting is illegal in America." And that wasn't exactly true because it was. Everyone's been to Vegas and had this place, but that's there. It's that there was a, a federal law that prevented states from legalizing it. Um, it was called PASPA. I think people have heard of it now. And so, essentially, what what New Jersey did is is pass a law legalizing sports betting, which they couldn't do according to the federal law. And then they challenged the federal law and said, "You know what? That's not that's that's unconstitutional. That's that's a violation of of uh, of our it's it's the anti-commandeering rule." Which to to bring up my old kind of constitutional law days. And so they said, you you can't not let us do that. This is a state's right issue. If we want to legalize sports betting on our borders, you can't stop us. Uh, And they want that. That went to the Supreme Court. And it was it was like obviously a very different issue than than many others that go before the Supreme Court. But ultimately, it did come down to a constitutional challenge. And the court sided with New Jersey and said, you know, this doesn't mean sports betting is now legal across the country, which is another thing a lot of people thought. It just means that states can now legalize sports betting. So New Jersey did it. Uh, Pennsylvania's done it. West Virginia's done it. Indiana, Colorado, Illinois, um, and and what's what's interesting about those states is they've done it, and you could do it from your phone. There's other states, uh, Mississippi, Iowa, that have legalized it, but you can't necessarily go and sign up from your phone. So you you can go and and to a sports book, which I think six months ago was a much more appealing thing to do before the pandemic. But but there's still restrictions on where you can do it. So that that's really what happened when PASPA was. the word word people use is repealed, meaning they took it away so that states could now start legalizing sports betting.
0: I think repealed was the word I was looking for. So I appreciate that, Ari. Appreciate that. Appreciate you for that one. And I think it is really interesting, again, being here in New Jersey and kind of seeing what was happening firsthand and how it was going about. As you said, it's now not legalized throughout the country. I think we're up to 26, 27 ish states. Um, and it's all different forms. As you said, some are, you can just sign up on your phone. I just went to my DraftKings app. I would go to my, um, you know, points bet app. I say, I want to bet here. They ask me for some information. I give it to them. They, you know, give me the thumbs up and we're ready to go. Other states, as we just saw, if anybody pays attention in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, you were supposed to have to go to a sports book, register there. Then you could bet on your phone. But the closest sports book to Chicago is so many hours away. And it was just a whole cluster. And eventually they just said, you're right, screw it. You can just sign up from your phone. I think in like a couple of days, they had 250,000 people sign up like that. So it's really interesting to see how some of these states are doing it right, I guess, quote unquote. And then some of these states are doing it wrong. Uh, I think one interesting one, Delaware. Delaware actually was legal before New Jersey, right? But they made everything have to go through like one sports book or the lottery. And their total handle is like one tenth of what New Jersey does in a month now which is really well, interesting and and I'm curious kind of you know what you've seen from that. End.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think wrong is the, is the right word cuz I think there's the, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to launch a regulatory structure around an online gambling business. You know, Europe has had it for years and the UK Gaming Commission is is at this point it's a very mature body mm-hmm. and it's a mature market. Whereas in the US you you've had you know, gambling's been legal in states, and you've had an online i-gaming to a certain extent, and you've had the lottery. So you have have gambling commissions that are that are familiar with with how sort of a regulated gaming should work. But then you have sports betting, which is such online sports betting, especially which is way more mass appealing than than sort of the lottery or or online casino would be, um, at least to sort of the mm-hmm. the mainstream sports fan, and. Also it being on your phone that there's all kinds of, of things that people have to figure out. Are the people who are placing wagers actually in the state? Are they spoofing their IP address? Are they spoofing their, G, their, their GPS? Are they actually over the age of 21? Um, are they actually, do they have, you know, gambling problems? Are they on any anti-money laundering exclusion list? Like there's all these things that I think the regular consumers just like, why, why can't I just go on here and bet? Um, and obviously, I uh, I'm on, on the business side of things and I, I want it to be as easy as possible, but I, I do do sometimes feel for the sort of the state regulatory bodies that it, it's tough. They got to stand it up in the right way um, before they can really allow it to be online. And I think the states are doing a really good, I think New Jersey's done a great job, you know, setting the tone, Pennsylvania's followed well. And so this, the six states that are doing it online fully, meaning you can, you can register online, are serving as a really good example that it can work. And that's going to be the best motivator for a state that doesn't take, that doesn't take online registration. I think Illinois looked at, you know, the way things are going in New Jersey and Colorado, and sort of the revenues coming in, and all these risks about problem gambling and, and underage play are largely being handled well by the by the compliance teams. That seems like a great revenue source, especially at a time where I'm sure a lot of people would like to see more, more state revenue and and. Uh, I'm certainly uh, for our business. I, I couldn't be happier they did it. I'm, I know my, my old bosses at FanDuel feel the same, and our partners at DraftKings as well. And so it's it's and consumers obviously everyone's happy. And I think the states want to keep people happy. They just have to make sure that they do it in a way that doesn't you know blow up in their own faces. And so I think they they've done a good job of that uh, considering the pressures.
0: Yeah, and and again, not really understanding the the entire legal side of it and kind of how. All of that works. I mean, that is where you come in, if I'm not mistaken. So that part does help. Uh, I think you have a JD, if I'm not mistaken, from Georgetown. I do.
1: Okay. The, right. the internet. The internet's a good source of information. It's incredible, dude! I can find yeah. out
0: everything there. So appreciate appreciate the internet for that. But I mean, in though in in that in that case, like how from your from your point of view again. So you're you're let's put you back at Fanduel when Passport was repealed, or at least when the rumblings of it started happening. How did you start to look at that from a, okay, well, we figured out the DFS side of things here at FanDuel. We made it so it is a skill game. No one can see my air quotes, don't worry. And, and understanding what we can then do now to start to either pivot, add, or include an entire new section of this thing that we've, never, that we've never had it before. We've never had online gambling here. Obviously, there's offshore books. We know people use those still even with the legalization here how did you start to look at it again from the legal team side and from your point of view at FanDuel to say, okay, what do we need to do to get our ducks in a row? Because this thing really looks like it's going to start happening.
1: Yeah. And so you're right. So I, when I first joined FanDuel in, in 2015, I was on the legal side. Um, and actually after Pass was repealed, moved moved over to the business side and, and ran kind of the day-to-day on the DFS business um, until joining Action. And you know, it, it wasn't that a hard a thing to reconcile because they are two different things. Um, you know, I think people can 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 see plenty of similarities and they certainly attract a similar demo. But from a legal standpoint, you had DFS, which was a game where you draft X amount of people playing in a, in a real world game and you get points that are a derivative of what the players are doing. And and you're not, you know, betting on a binary outcome. Um, it was me versus it's peer to peer and it's, it's about sort of the accumulation of statistics, whereas betting was, was, is very much a, there's, there's binary outcomes. So obviously you could do parlays, et cetera, but it, it's, it's more a, with the way things are handicapped in betting, most things are more or less balanced out and it's, mm. it's a little more chance based. There's, there's smarter, there's smart bettors out there. But the the whole point is that if the spreads, you know, plus three, like it's, it's closer to 50, 50 shot that, that it's going to be other either side of it. Um, And so I think you, you just defined what those were like DFS game was, you know, you build a roster and play against somebody else. And a bet is you pick a market and you place the wager on it. Um, And those were two different offerings. And, and I think because of the regulations, you've, you've seen Fanduel and DraftKings keep them pretty separate. You can share a wallet, but you have basically sportsbook.draftkings.com and sportsbook.fanduel.com and then fanduel.com and draftkings.com, which are the DFS sites.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I like that wallet sharing thing because all the money that I win at DraftKings on the DFS side, I can just go take that and start betting with it. I think that part's pretty sweet. So I appreciate them there. Um, And so in in that case, obviously you were on the business side, as you said, at FanDuel with the DFS side. What exactly were you doing there before you decided to make your leap here to Action Network?
1: Um, so after PASPA was repealed and we went through the merger at FanDuel with, uh, Betfair US subsidiary of, of at the time, Patty Power Betfair, now, now Flutter. Um, so there was obviously a, a lot of focus on the expansion of the sports betting side. Um, we'd brought people in from overseas since, you know, all the knowledge that the Europeans have and, and, uh, had a, had a guy come in from there to, to sort of GM the DFS business. And we thought it would make sense for me to move over there and run the day-to-day with him, given, you know, l- less focus from given sort of my legal background, could obviously bring that to the day-to-day since a lot of resources were going to the sportsbook um, and really focus on continuing to grow that. But but one of the main functions of the DFS business at FanDuel and DraftKings is they're amazing grounds for sportsbook acquisition. Um, and it, you know, it's no secret why FanDuel and DraftKings have such a, have such a dominant lead. They're, they're they're tech companies. They've built, they've built good products. They've also acquired a ton of users who, uh, have their credit cards on file that that will, that are sports fans. And so there's, there's a huge advantage there. So it's also, how do we acquire more fantasy users, retain them, and then cross-sell them into sports betting as well was a huge part of it. And so, uh, when I was approached by Action Network, um, Action had traditionally, Derive most of its revenue from subscriptions. There's different tiers of subscriptions um, depending on sort of like how hardcore a better you are, but a, a huge untapped potential for for action was was also to be an affiliate, essentially, just like Fanduel and DraftKings were taking their DFS users and trying to get them to bet on sports. Action Networks users were were, were a perfect perfectly qualified audience to do that. So, so I was brought over to to sort of build out that affiliate business. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's what, what our focus has been for a lot of 2020. And, and it, it's, it unsurprisingly has gone remarkably well. Um, and, you know, the, there's no slowdown in sight. There's, you know, Illinois just just in time for this football season. Hopefully we'll see Tennessee and Michigan before the end of the year. Um, and hopefully many more states in 21 and 22.
0: We're crossing our fingers, man. It is a lot of fun, again, being here in New Jersey um, and then having Pennsylvania right to the left, getting to see everything they're doing, obviously, with the Barstool Sportsbook opening up now as well and, and kind of seeing that media company slash sportsbook model, I guess, for lack of a better term. We're seeing points bet and they merged or they are a deal, however we want to call it partnership with NBC, obviously Fox bet, uh, you know, Fox doesn't own that. I mean, they, they created that media partnership to now allow people to start using there. So kind of curious to see, uh, what Disney does. Cause that's, Ooh, that's going to be a fun one, uh, to see how they kind of spin that to make it okay, which is going to be, a. Uh, is going to be great. I mean, their shareholders are going to appreciate it. I don't know if those moms and those kids are going to love it so much, though. But with that, so you, you bring up the DFS side and kind of they have their credit card on file. We can already understand who they are. And I think one thing that's really interesting, I just had a great conversation with another gentleman in the sports betting space about the entertainment type better. And that's kind of what I am. I put a bunch of $10 bets everywhere, kind of just crossed my fingers, probably break even. And that was just more fun than having no bets anywhere and still breaking even, right? So how how have you guys seen, especially at Action Network in that understanding of with that media model? And again, that barstool model and kind of seeing that people are probably more interested in others losing than they are actually with others winning. And, and case in point with the action network, we can fade Ravel every day. I think on the, on the points bet app, you can pretty much just click that button and fade him immediately. What have you guys seen on that end? And why do you think that's so appealing to the United States public? Why we all love winners here. Why are we always kind of rooting for them? Losers. I don't get it. Um, Not to so call Darren th- Ravel a loser, oh, by the way, <laughs> like No, I know, Revelle, I know follow him everywhere. Don't worry. I do too. Um, although
1: like, Outside of Twitter, most people love Darren Ruffell. Um, he, so I, I actually think most people, there's, there's kind of two separate things you bring up. One is the, the better in terms of his own consumption of content is interested in himself winning, right? I think that's why our, the users on the action network are all sports bettors. There's really, you know, you, you might want to read a power ranking that's mm-hmm. tied to betting if you're not a better, but but ultimately that that's, that's the the audience we speak to. And they kind of just want to know a way to, to. It, it ranges from the more casual who just want a way to bet confidently and to get a little bit of information to understand that, you know, the Patriots on Monday Night Football are 63% against the Sp- I made that up by the way, but like that might be a, a kind of stat that people see and it gives them a little bit of confidence. doesn't mean they're going to win, but it, it is certainly if you play certain ways and you play the odds, so to speak, you, you have a better chance in the long run of, of being profitable. Um, but I think a lot of people just just kind of want the confidence when they bet. Then there's the the more hardcore bettors who, who are doing it way more for, for profit. Like I think like you're saying, you do it for entertainment, I do it for entertainment. When you want to do it for profit, there's so many systems and, and algorithms and data and and science behind it, really, it's impressive. And, and that's sort of our, our upper tier description, speak to that audience, but that's not for everyone. And I think if you're betting $10, $50 here and there, like, I don't even think you can take advantage of those systems, because you're, you know, if you, if you bet 50 and you earn, you know, 12% on your money, you're winning six bucks, we kind of find that boring, but like, that's a pretty good return in a weekend, mm-hmm. um, if you're doing it at scale. Now, in terms, then there's the content play of just watching it and i think where people like watching losers is because it's it's content it's entertaining for people i think you know everyone i think if you just watch people win you just feel like well couldn't that that wasn't there's there's jealousy there's frustration whereas betting you know there's a reason they say that the house always wins it's, it's hard um and that's where we hope that action to make it a little easier for people we hope to you can win a little more often if you play with if you if you follow us um and enjoy your betting experience more. Also, you know when you bet and use the Action Network app, it tracks your bets. You can see your win probability updating live. You can see sort of your your betting portfolio, like a stock portfolio, to see how you've done over the last month. Um, and so, I think it it it's to make it more fun. If you if you even if you are losing, and hopefully winning at a higher rate than you were before. But in terms of watching other people, it's it's sort of it's kind of the. The unfortunate times we live in that people love watching Instagram things where people, you know, epic fails and ride a skateboard into a glass into a into a metal pole somewhat similar when you lose a bad beat.
0: Yeah, just with your wallet instead, right? Um my favorite yeah. one from this weekend was uh the over under on the Eagles Bengals game was that 47 46. Yeah. 46 and a half I, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. perfect, right? How perfect they tie it ends. I hate Philadelphia and everything about it. So I'm, you know, always always for anything that happens there. But yeah, it's it's just so interesting for me to see and kind of been paying attention to this industry more and more. And really, kind of see again. And before I did use probably the incorrect terminology when I said watching some states do it right and some states do it wrong. But in terms of, you know, again, legalities and all that, I can't speak to any of it. But at the same time, what I can speak to is seeing that New Jersey in August had a total handle. So the number of money placed on teams and bets and sporting events with 668 million dollars which is an insane insane amount of money without football existing right we didn't have any college football we didn't have any professional football I am so excited to see what that number is in September We then have Pennsylvania who's starting to come up obviously Vegas and Nevada and everything over there and now more and more states like Colorado are coming and opening up as you said with all these states kind of doing it differently, at what point do they need like a uniform system to make, you know, your life at the Action Network and affiliate model, just making it easier to, to make DraftKings and FanDuel, just to make their lives easier? Because clearly there are ways that are it's being done where places like New Jersey are raking in revenue, places like Pennsylvania are, and there's places like Delaware where people even forgot that sports betting is actually capable. So how do you see it from that perspective with some of these states, as you said, Michigan, Tennessee, potentially popping up? Is there a uniform, uniformity coming or are we going to let all the states just do it the way they want to do it just to see who crumbles and burns first? how how do you see it from that perspective
1: i i see it as it happens so uh, when new jersey's kind of legalized it pennsylvania was obviously in the works right so it's a, i think as as the first movers are most likely to have the most differences because farther downstream you'll get people they can a they can copy what's yeah. working and so hopefully you'll you'll start to see some uniformity there the, the other part of it though, is is really on the operator side, there's a lot of tech challenges and, you know, if, if one state requires something different than another, you almost need two separate platforms to do it. And and that's why I, I think you, you've seen states where you, same operator, you have two separate apps, depending on the state you're in. Obviously the operators don't, you know, people are like, oh, why are they doing it? like, if they could do it another they don't want that. They want everything to be on one thing. And I think over time, People need to remember it's, it's really only been legal for, for two years. Um, you know, it's been decades in Europe. It's so new that it, it'll take time, but I think things will mature to the point that it gets much easier for the consumer. But for the most part, the, the consumer, if you're sitting in New Jersey, you don't really know what it's like on the betting app in Colorado. And so you're, you're generally happy. Um, but it's going to be in the sportsbook's interest to make everything as, as seamless as possible Uh, Over it just might take some time to do it. I think people just got to remember it's still early, early days in this industry.
0: Yeah, and in states' interest too, right? Because the more people that are betting, the more revenue that the states are getting. Like it's like a very easy equation there. And I'm sure the easier it is for states to do this to allow people to bet It's going to be fun. Again, you know, it's not like not. I I feel like most people are going to be in the eighty percent of, hey man, I just want to place, you know, five ten dollars. Wow, Ohio State's down twenty one. I'm confident they'll beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. I'll put twenty dollars on that. Look at that, they come back and win. It's pretty easy. So it's just it's very interesting. Um, I just love the topic. I love the subject and being able to to speak with it. So you are at the Action Network. You're the chief commercial officer. Um, now you've said the business side multiple times. It sounds like you do something with the affiliate revenue, but what exactly is a chief commercial officer at the action network do?
1: I don't know. I just show up and they kind of give me no, but so, um, I'm responsible essentially for all business strategy, essentially. So what, what do we do to make money? Um, and right now that falls into, we have an affiliate business and we have a subscription business and, the different ways we drive that are through partnerships with sports books uh through partnerships with professional sports leagues like we have a partnership with the pga tour um, and we and sort of kind of dealing with all like the business relationships would would be kind of my my main focus actions really two things we're a we're a content business and that we we're a big digital media property we have a big content team and we're very much a tech company, and we have a you know a full tech stack. We have a great website, we have a great app, and so those are really the two levers you would pull to drive those two businesses. So it's 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 an incredible amount of partnership between sort of myself leading sort of the, the business efforts, and then Chad Milman, he referenced on the content side, and and a guy named Brian Mead, who's who's one of our founders and leads on our product side, um, and kind of how we. Uh, can leverage our our product and our content in order to to get people to use our app, get people to read our content, get people to subscribe, get people to engage with with the content we put out there, uh, and through that, hopefully, in the process, convert them into sports betters, customers of our of our partners
0: and subscribers of course and then have yep. them click that hey at points bet you get one dollar for blah 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 and you know then they go there and 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 with that with the affiliate side specifically and and understanding it just a little bit more than the next guy once you get hit once normally right you, you get someone to go to points bet and they put their 500 dollars in you get your ding they get theirs everybody's happy you can't really do too much with that anymore right like that person is a Part of points bet, and now the action network they got their cut, you know, rightfully so. How do you then take that person and make sure that they do become a subscriber, right? You, hey, you have a thousand dollars to points bet, you want to use it correctly, right? Like, how do you go about again on that content side, on that tech side to make sure that that person that did click that $1 for 150 offer, how do you really then kind of, I mean, they're in the funnel, how do you continue to shove them down the funnel to say, hey, like we have all these systems and tools in place to help you? you should utilize them and give us X dollars a month. So that way that $150 goes so much further.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why, so look, if there's 19 sports books of so lost count in, in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, we partner with more than half of them, but we, we, you, it's impossible to effectively give them all mm-hmm. a, a dominant share of voice. And so we've try- kind of made, because I think we, we sort of sit at a cross section of being a media company, tech company, and an affiliate. We also have, you know, produce original content and and have a very outstanding product that we tried to lean in with partners um, that help leverage those other sides of our business as well so points bet you bring up is a perfect example um, so we we had done the fade Revelle series with mm-hmm. them uh, we had done something with worldwide wob when when he last season kind of, which is this season but last season before it, the pause mm-hmm. um, and then on the product side, they were our first partner with BetSync. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. So basically, yep. if you so you can track your bets in action. So you can go oh, play, okay. place a bet somewhere, track it inside. But with BetSync, you can connect your points bet account and your action network account. And then every bet you place with point bet automatically syncs with an action. So it's essentially like follow like a, a Yahoo Finance or a mint. Um, but for sports betting. And so points bet's uh, sort of enthusiasm for onboarding those other products makes us want to lean in more with them. So even if we, we acquire a user to points bet, they get bet sync. They're now continually using the action network app to see how their bets are doing. We can, you know, upsell them into various subscription products. And so that's, and then for bet for points, bet, that's also good because not only are they getting a user from us, they're getting a user that wants to continue using points PointsBet because it adds to their Action Network experience. Mm-hmm. So there's just more value to that user. And so we, we've launched BetSync with Parks in Pennsylvania. They're the only book in Pennsylvania that, that currently has live. Um, and then just BetMGM just, just last week. Um, and so it's, it's just an awesome consumer experience. And so where, where partners are willing to kind of lean in on the product side and the content side and do stuff that's unique Um, that's where we're most excited and, and most want to partner with them as well.
0: Yeah. And, and again, if we can get the, if it, if we can all, if we get everything on one page, that makes my life a heck of a lot easier. Right. And especially with these sports yeah. books, you have to log in every time you pretty much exit out of it because of the legal and the regulatory and making sure everything's okay. So it is always frustrating if I'm trying to figure out where did I have the 15 and a half over and where did I have the 14 and a half over? I'm always trying to flip back and forth between the, be, uh, the books, which is always interesting. And, and just a couple more questions here. Cause again, I, I really do appreciate your time. Aerie.
1: Harry it's like an apple
0: yeah airy it's like Harry but just no H kind of I'll, I'll let it pass it works sorry right, man my bad I'll figure it out one of these days I promise but just just trying to figure out again I just saw um you know so we're again we're seeing sports books pop up everywhere as we already said the barstool sportsbook has uh went active and we saw it absolutely just explode and blow up in Pennsylvania another one that I found is interesting I uh, have a lot of friends over at 76 capital down in PA I saw that you guys just created a relationship with victory I don't know how much you can talk about that I know it's a sports book coming up and they partnered with you guys to really again because they love the person that goes to Action Network is they're they're really trying to pay attention. It's not just someone like, and no offense, I mean, I pay attention to Barstool stuff. It's not somebody that's just like, I want to bet the over because it's fun, right? I do that because it's fun. But how, how do you then go about creating these relationships with the books, understanding some are going to be a little bit more towards your demographic and some may not. Some are just, I don't know, I feel like DraftKings and FanDuel, they're just kind of the run of the mill it's like if you have a sports book yeah check them out they might have a good line that might not i don't really care if i bet with either of them who's giving me more money today and then there's others that are going to be paying attention a little bit more how do you go about creating those relationships and knowing and saying hey the 20 sports books that are here in new jersey we really can only love and care for five of them let's say how do you go about choosing those five
1: yeah so that, that goes back to sort of what i was saying about um books that are willing to lean in on our content and products. So again, points bet with Fade Ravel, DraftKings, we're doing our great moments in gambling history. It's an animated series that that Chad is is narrating. Um, Victory was was is a particularly interesting because they're very interested on the product side mm-hmm. and on the, the kind of premium higher end subscription side. And so, you know, they were very familiar with with sports insights and and what is now kind of action labs are our real high-end um, subscription products and they want to make features from the action network product features available to their users and so to us that's that's kind of the the perfect synergy in that you know, we, they want sports betters and they want their sports betters to have the experience that action network helps give them um, and so that's an easy one to, to lean in on um, otherwise it, it, it is tough like you're saying, because you, you sort of acquire a user and there's 14 other books, but if you start just, if I, if, if kind of Michael, if you you come to our site and you sign up for 19 different books, you're not going to bet on all 19. And then very quickly, 18 of them will say, Hey, you're, you're sending us pretty low value users. So that's not what we want to do either. Um, so it's, it's finding the right balance of, of committing to partners who will essentially, uh, want to elevate their consumers experience through our content and through our products. And that's what, what, what victory is certainly aspiring to do. It's what points bet has done. It's what DraftKings has done and, and, and MGM and parks. Those are kind of the, the ones that we've had the most um, meaningful from a, a content and product side.
0: And what do you see for the future? I mean, we're already starting to see these books again without football sports books are breaking the monthly record for handle. Like it's, it's not, it's going to be a joke when September comes out, October, when we can't even leave our houses again. Um, we're pretty much just going to be stuck inside. I mean, I'm, I voluntarily sit inside all day, Saturday and Sunday to watch football. So that's me thing, but not everybody wants to do that in September. Most people wait till November to do that. What do you see for the future of this industry? And and how bullish are you on the amount of people, the amount of money that's going to be funneled? Maybe funneled isn't the right word, but put into the books the places like action network you know the the affiliate opportunities that you guys have how excited does that get you knowing that we're only a couple months away from potentially a billion dollar handle in one of these states yeah it's very exciting it's
1: you know i'm i'm very fortunate to have gotten into this industry when i did 5 years ago when it was it was just dfs and dfs was kind of on the explosive growth side and then basically you know faced every legal problem under the sun thereafter and, and kind of really, uh, drafting was really, you know, navigated those waters well. And, and it's a very exciting space to be in, uh, A as a sports fan, B as a, as an employee and as a, at a company, um, kind of getting to work in an industry you love and knowing that the, the popularity is going to continue to be there for a while. I think, you know, we see it in, sort of our audience and how that's continued to grow and our business objectives that we continue to, to, to succeed on those. Um, but also in terms of like, you can see what's going on in the, in the public markets, what's going on with DraftKings stock, what's going on with Penn stock. Um, you know, the, the, it, it's clear that, uh, this is a a popular industry and one that people feel pretty bullish on for the future. So I'm, I'm certainly happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. I think it is awesome. Um, very envious I guess is a way to put it. Uh it sounds like you're having a lot of fun and there's more fun to be had, but um man this was great. I appreciate your time today, man. Thank you. No problem at all. Thanks Love for me having me. Give me one more shot at the name. Give me one more shot. Ari? Barra.
1: Perfect. Nailed it. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. I, you nailed I, I... you
1: nailed the first name like and and yeah. after that it was it was kind
0: of went to shit. All right. Yeah. Ari of uh, commercial, Chief Commercial Officer of the Action Network. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Take care.